Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Mr. Lee Gant. And welcome to Las Vegas, dude. Yeah, man. How are you? It's great to be out here. It's my first time out here. So. First time in Vegas? First time in Vegas, yeah. Ever? First time driving out west. So it's been an experience, I guess, right? No, it definitely has, man. It definitely has been an experience. Just the terrain out here is so beautiful. Much different than Nashville? Yes, very, very different than Nashville. Originally from? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. How long were you like in Columbus before you moved to Nashville? You, you were born and raised there? Or? Yeah, born and raised in Columbus. Um, I went to college at Ohio State, so pretty much an adventure out. <laughs> I'm a Nebraska Cornhuskers Nebraska fan. Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. Oh, that's all right, man. At least you're not a Michigan fan. Dude, right? <laughs> is anybody? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but uh, no, and, and, and moved to Nashville and uh, have been loving it. I'm a songwriter. I was a songwriter first before I really got out and started performing and uh, found out I love performing too and being on the road and, and being in front of a crowd and kind of went from there. So at home... Um in Ohio, you started playing around like in college, or did yeah, you? Yeah, um, I actually in right after college, I I started a band. Um, I had a degree in I got a degree in finance at Ohio State. Started working at a bank, and I was kind of bored. And I'd always played, you know, opening for my friends' bands in college, you know, just kind of like messing around and um, hadn't didn't really have any originals then, just playing covers. And then uh, started a band, started writing some originals, and we found this manager. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that thing you do, but the guy who's in the RV. You know, the guy who gets him to the Pittsburgh show and right. he's like, this is as far as I can take you. And then Tom Hanks comes in and he's like, yeah, he's going to take it from here. He was the guy in the motorhome. <laughs> right. And he came and he um, he got us some shows with Chris Young, Thompson Square, um, you know, Colt Ford, a bunch of people and got us doing some tours and, and opened up some big shows. And once I got a taste of that, I pretty much had to quit the bank because I was making more like three days, you know, than sure. Then the whole week of getting I'm like, why am I getting up at 8 a.m. every day? When and and doing you're doing this? what you love. Right. And doing what I love. And, you know, I was like 24, 25 at that time. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to see if I can do it on my own. And, and that was about eight or nine years ago. And I haven't had a, a day job, so to speak, since. But, uh, you know, it's it's great. You got to treat it like a business. Heck yeah. And why, having a finance background probably doesn't hurt. No, it, it definitely helps to, to organize all that stuff. I still have spreadsheets that I work in front of when we're looking at booking shows and our tours. I track all of our expenses and everything. Right, what so, works and what doesn't work. Yeah, what and, works and what doesn't work. I can tell you when you're asking me to book a show how much in gas I'm going to spend, you know, pretty close within $10 right. you know, of what I'm probably going to spend based on gas prices. So I do all that stuff to make sure that we're profitable and I want to say we booked this show out pretty early, so you had an opportunity to get get something underneath it to get you here and all yeah. that kind of stuff, which is always always a nice thing. Where where I was in Reno Wednesday looking at a venue up there because this is a fault that the that the the West Coast has is there's just not a lot of places to go, right? And it's right. really hard. I mean, we have a handful of places that we that we do book with, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like what can we do best to help you guys out. Right, absolutely, and that's always the challenge for us because if we're coming out to the West Coast, we've got to have you know two, three, four gigs out here to really make it worth it. Sure, and uh, you know that's why this place is a great place um, because it's for us it's kind of an anchor gig. We can start with a gig out here, yep. you know, in Vegas, and then start building around that, and, and that really helps us out here. That's so. our that's that's like what our ultimate goal is. We love music so much. It's not just we don't look at it just as a business as a one stop. We like to to help out and try and do things and try and help a band get to a couple other spots because it's good. I mean, if you guys are doing what you love to do, why not help in that right, sense? Right, absolutely. And, and if you have the platform to do it in the yeah. stage and the and the fan base here to really expose them to, then that's great sure. that you guys are interested in doing that. Super fun. So at what age did you move to Nashville? Um, I, I've been in Nashville for the last uh, probably four years. 
Um, I my I still have a place near Columbus. Um, my wife still lives in Columbus. Wow. And she she's in nursing school right now. She got 15 months left, and then we're probably gonna buy a house in Nashville. But I live I live in Madison, just north of the city in Nashville. Okay. Now, but I've been there for about three or four years, and uh, like I said, I I travel back and forth because my wife still lives there. So it's not too bad of a drive, is no, it? No, it's like uh, five and a half hours to where right. I live, just just south of Columbus in Ohio. So um, I'm back probably every other week for a few days you know here and there and it's it's crazy that i finally found somebody who's understanding enough to let me do that dream but i have a publishing deal in nashville so i've got to be there during the week writing sure and doing co-writes so so you use your weekends to go play your own stuff yeah yeah i use the weekends to go play the own stuff so if we're out on tour with the guys i mean we, we tour pretty much all over the country so if we're out on the road you know pretty much april to september it's pretty hot and heavy out on the road so it's a good thing yeah. and again i go back to that saying all the time you're doing what you love doing absolutely first song that you heard first country song that you heard or just first song in general that made you want to do what you do today whether it be writing or playing is there a song that you go back to every time that goes that this is it's, it's kind of funny it's i go back kenny chesney oh, okay. is a song that i heard um i actually to be honest you know, in high school, you go through all kinds of phases. So I didn't really listen to country much until I was probably a junior in high school. I started, I took a um, job at Roadhouse Grill as a busser. Mm-hmm. And all they played was country music sure. like, all the time. And I started singing the songs. I was like, man, this, is, this stuff's pretty cool. You know, it's not like the stereotypical, no. you know, old school stuff that you hear. You know, and I was listening then to Tim McGraw was very popular. Then Kenny Chesney, Rascal Flatts, like all those guys were kind of like at the. And they're still know. telling stories back then. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And and really, I fell in love with the way that Kenny Chesney, his songs, kind of told that story and painted the picture. You could put yourself there. Yeah. When I heard that song, I go back. I mean, that whole album, the When the Sun Goes Down album, you could listen to it cover to cover, and it's just so descriptive, you know. And that really, I was like, I want to write songs like that because. Everything I was going through in my life, you know, getting ready to go to college, drinking with friends, you know, all, all that relatable. stuff. Yeah, he was talking about that stuff. And I was like, I want to do that for people. You know, I want people to, you know, feel those emotions when they hear my songs and the words that I wrote. I want to get them through those, you know, situations. And that's what kind of got me started. Favorite song you've written so far? My favorite song I've written so far. Um, it's actually a song that I wrote for my wife, which we're going to play tonight. Okay. And it's going to be on the new, this new album we're going to have out this fall. Uh, it's called A Love Like That. And uh, it was super personal lyrics. Um, you know, I've been through tons of terrible relationships. You know, ones you, you know, everybody's been through those. You shouldn't stay in, you know, like but a you year. you do it anyway. <laughs> but yeah. you do it anyways because you think that's what you should do. And so I wanted to write a song to kind of give hope to people out there who, you know, have been through the ringer with that. And just to let them know that, you know, you'll eventually find that person you know you just got to keep going you got to keep pushing and let it work in its own time sure you know and so i wrote a song and the first lyric um is yeah it gets me every time when i watch the ending of it's a wonderful life and that's my favorite like movie of all time okay and so it's a wonderful life and that's kind of the epitome of what everybody strives to, to be absolutely loved, yes. like george bailey was you know with his friends his family and all that stuff so i kind of just the imagery of putting that in people's mind the first lyric out of the gate with that um, and as I mentioned before, my wife's a nurse, so in the second verse, it talks about her being a nurse and how she saves lives, but she's already saved mine. So, you know, it's nice just the lyrics there. are very, yeah. very personal. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite song I've ever written. Hopefully you get like 20 more of those. That'd be yeah. rad. Where did uh, Ruin This Town come from? So, the story with Ruin This Town is actually kind of crazy. I was, I was, uh, we had been out on the road touring for probably, you know, 
four or five years. We'd got to the point where it kind of had been stagnant in my career. So I wanted to get some new management. This new management brought me um, down to Nashville to work with a producer named Zach Malloy. Guy who was in the Nixons. I don't know if you're familiar with the, Nixons, the Nixons or not. Yeah. But um, he, he'd produced a, a bunch of big people. And so they brought me down and I started writing with him and working with him. And uh, we had had just enough money to produce the album, but no budget for marketing or anything or figuring out how we're going to do this. It was like, you know what? Let's keep writing together. Let's figure this out. I'll try and help and figure it out. I'll see what I can find. So he was working with another lady named Heidi Hamels. And uh, I came in one day to write with them, sat down, and he said, he said, hey, I've got this lady I want you to meet. She's a songwriter here in Nashville. She's also worth $70 million. (laughs) Husband's a professional baseball player. He's a pitcher. Um, And... She's really looking to work with some artists to write with them and, and possibly help, you know, with their careers. And he said, do you want to come and sing some demos? And I was like, well, hell yeah. Uh, no. For her. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked in and the first song that the demo that I had to sing was Ruin This Town. Of yours or hers? Of hers. Okay. She had, she had written this song. And the funny thing is, is, you know, I hadn't done a lot of demo singing at that point. Um, but I, I I'd listened to the songs, you know, and went over them, and I came in with notes on the songs, which, <laughs> you know, can can go one of two ways. Either they appreciate it, or they're or like, they're no, like, it's yeah, my song. <laughs> yeah, like honestly. So I came in with all these notes on "Ruin This Town" because it kind of had that Jason Aldean flair to it, and it was something where I was like, you know what, this is kind of my style. I can I can really, you know, see this song being something. But here's a few changes, and they took all of the changes, so I actually became a writer on the song. Wow. With the changes, they took all the changes I made, and then once I recorded it, she listened back to it and was like, oh my gosh, you know, that that was made for your voice. Right. The next week, you know, she basically had sent me an email saying she wanted to help me with my career and and uh, didn't know where it was going to go, but we were going to figure out what to do with it. So then a year and a half later, we released that to Country Radio in March of 2017. So it's kind of crazy how that wasn't even meant to be my song. Right. And um, it just... And, everything happens for a reason and, and it happened for a reason yeah right. and, and then when we released it you know we didn't know what kind of expectations to have for it but ended up getting up to 53 on the billboard country charts and Sweet. 35 on music row and i noticed you got over a million streams of it on spotify yeah that's, yeah that's not a bad deal yep not a bad deal at all you have another you you have an album cu- coming out yep. soon uh yep. complete yep. album or EP? it's gonna or? be an ep um working with a producer named luke wooten in nashville and he's produced Turk bentley Brad Paisley, some, Don't know who some those Dustin guys Lynch are. stuff. Yeah, I know, right? But, um, but you know, I guess you could describe my sound now as kind of more of a Dustin Lynch type type right. sound. It's got the little bit of the new school, but still kind of country and the old school, you know, voice and lyrics in it. So, um, you know, sought him out and and started working with him. And so we're going to start in September making this album, and it's going to be a lot more personal. I'm having a baby in. And just about three weeks um, I'm having a baby I got married in February so there's a lot of songs that are very personal about what's happening in my life right now boy or girl uh, it's a boy it's a lot better than a girl everybody says it's a lot easier so. <laughs> I have a boy and I also have a girl and I would say that um, boy was a lot easier just attitude girl you yeah. gotta worry about every dude out there right right so no thanks no thanks lucky the number one at least you get some good training out of that that's Absolutely. for sure who's been your favorite artist to play with so far my favorite artist to play with, Phil Vassar. Ah, he's been here Love before. Love playing with Phil Vassar. Um, uh, just a funny story, the first time I played with him, I've, I've played with him multiple times, but the first time I played with him um, was actually the place I was talking about earlier, the Blue Stone yep. in Columbus, Ohio. And I walked in um, to the show, and this was probably, we, we had opened for maybe just a couple national acts for that, so we were pretty green with you know doing bigger, the bigger shows. And I walked in, and the first guy who greets me in the venue is Phil Vassar. He's in sandal, you know, he's in flip-flops, you know, t-shirt and shorts, walks up and he goes, hey, hey, what's going on, man? Are you, are you the opening band? Because I'm carrying a guitar in there. You know, are you the opening band tonight? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's going on, man? 
couldn't believe that Phil Vassar was the first one to greet me. And he goes, well, hey, I just want to let you know, they got a real nice spread over there with steak and all kinds of stuff and whatever. And he's like, I know you got to get your sound check in, but when you're done, come on over there. I want to get to know you. I want to talk nice. to you and everything. Let's let's eat some dinner and hang out. He's like, I just want to make sure we're going to put a great show on for all these people tonight and that you guys are excited and riled up and you're going to get them ready for me and then we're going to just kill it tonight. And I just thought that was the coolest thing Absolutely. in the world that he was you know, so involved with that on putting a great show on and being a nice guy. So. He was he was pretty cool when he came through here. The idea of getting a piano on that stage was pretty oh, nuts yeah. when he played here. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty crazy. That's yeah, on that stage. That's <laughs> Yeah, it was quite the night. I think he gets it, up on top of it and stuff too. Uh, like he went he had a good night that night. It was super fun. We like the older guys that, that come through. We've had Neil McCoy through here and I've opened for Neil too. Neil's yeah. a, another one of those guys super who was, nice. Wanted to know all about my career and stuff. You know, yeah. when when guys are that big want to know about what you're doing, you know, that really they're their personality kind of shows that. sure because we've had the other end of the spectrum as well <laughs> so have we they don't want you on the same stage or anywhere <laughs> nowhere, near where they're nowhere at, near yeah. <laughs> nowhere near that doesn't even matter half the time right we we shot the poop a little bit earlier and one of the things that you brought up that touches home for me is just um i call it championing because this this genre like i've been around music 20 plus years um, mostly rock and punk kind of stuff, that indie rock, that sort of thing. Right. But everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. This this genre is so great um, because you can walk down that back wall here and you can look at the artists back here and you can learn so much about a person, just how they respond to each thing because these artists, the writing side of it all is yeah. crazy. Like I'd have to say this the last three, four years, I've really gotten a better understanding of how this works because we've tried to do the writers and the round stuff here it doesn't work because nobody yeah. really gives a shit they don't right. care they just want to know who it's sings Vegas. the song it's, they want entertainment they want it That's in it. their face they want it now yeah. you know? and as much as I enjoy going back to Nashville and watching just someone step up on a stage and start playing you go oh shit I didn't know you wrote that song oh shit I didn't know you wrote that song you know yeah. that sort of, it's, to me it's neat maybe because I consume music a little bit different than other people do Absolutely. but I love this genre just because everybody is out to help each other. It's the neatest thing in the world for the most part yeah. in this yeah. like yeah, a good 90 95% of the people out there that are like, dude, your single went number 1 and like I watched Lee Bryce's Rumor go number 1 yeah. and you watch everyone from writers on it to producers, everyone congratulating each other. Hell yeah, everyone going back and forth and that's just rare. I mean, I think that's one of the neatest things about this this industry and this genre is that We've learned, I went back for CRS, my first time back there, and just the camaraderie and how these people hang and how they get along and how they talk and how they just look up to each other. And It's like everyone has their own career, but at the same time, it's everybody's career at the same time. It is. And, you know, how, you know kind of a, my one thing I've realized was a key to success in this business is finding that clique of people, you know, that, that you kind of groove with in Nashville or wherever right. it is and just building those relationships out until your network is so huge that you just know everybody. Yeah. And I mean, everyone that matters, everyone that matters. And that's, <laughs> it's, that's the, that's the key to success is really just continually building that thing and, and goodwill towards other musicians, you know, when they sure. do good things, giving them the props and, um, you know, promoting them when you, when you have a, a buddy or a musician who's doing something and you dig it, and your fans might dig it. I, I'll post that stuff on my Dude, thing. Hey, my buddy's yeah. got this new single out. Go I really like it. it. Listen to it. Yeah. Because you know what? Fans think that's cool, too. They're like, yeah. oh, wow, he's buddies with uh, so-and-so. Sure. You know, like, wow, they hang out. Yeah. I mean, that's something that, you know, people don't think about. But your fans like that stuff, too. And then some of his fans, if you shout him out, might come over and be like, oh, well, who's this guy? Right. So, you know, that's one of the keys to success for me is that championing, like you said. It's the same here. So this this interview not only will end up on Country AF Radio, I have my own website called toadstunes.com. Yeah. So every artist I've ever interviewed 
has their podcast up there. And what's neat is if they go to look at yours at the bottom of it, hey, man, you also might like this. And so yeah. it just kind of goes through. And that's how we get a lot of people that filter through. Jason, that's in town right now, said he was driving in and he listened to the Hardy interview on his way in. Oh, and I nice. sat down with Hardy and he was like, dude, never ever would have thought that dude would loved mowing lawns. It's like his favorite <laughs> thing in the world to do is mow a lawn. I'm like, bro, I got 2,800 square feet of lawn. Come on over. Right, he's like, right, dude, I'll do you it. Go. You sit back and go, dude, you just learn so much about people. And I like to ask this question. Some people think it's stupid, but I think it's great. It's like when you're home in Nashville and you're just hanging out, like, so during the week outside of your wife, yeah, um, and you're just going to get out with the boys or something like that, where do you like to hang out at? Uh, we hang out Midtown usually. Yeah. Over at Loser's Winter, something like go. that. We're right. probably over there. Tim Roof to Mumbrium, right. going to Revival or Whiskey Jam or something over there. That's usually where I'm at. I, I don't go out that much, to be honest with you, though. I only go out strictly for networking purposes, sure. to be honest with you, because we're on the road so much and in bars and everything. It's the last place and you I've kind of gotten to the age where I'm like, man, that's the last place that I want to be. But I'm kind of a, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm kind of a movie buff. So we go to the movies a lot. Really? Like uh, like I said, I live with my drummer there. And so he's a, he's a crazy movie buff, too. So like we'll go see like three or four movies a week during the day. And we'll just go hang out, sometimes even to a day. You know what my attitude towards a movie is? Yeah. Why the fuck would I pay to fall asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't understand. Like, I just... The popcorn's good, but I've never... I don't say never. I just... I've seen one of the Star Wars. That's it. I just don't... uh, I just watched The Star Wars Born at Home the other night. Great, great movie. Yeah. But I just sit back and go, man, that's just... I couldn't imagine sitting in a theater for two hours. And you're like my wife, because my wife would rather just wait for it to sure. come out on DVD or whatever and, th- and watch it at home. I think I used to have that millennial attitude when it came out. I want to see it right now, but I haven't yeah. had that in a long time because the whole movie thing. Winners and losers. Have you played uh, Whiskey yeah, Jam? We, we've done Whiskey Jam. Um, neatest experience. Uh, I think there, that whole idea of it all, I know that it's getting more and more um, uh, publicized now and you get right. a lot more tours. People rolling through there. It's harder to get in just to watch shows, but what a neat thing they put together over there. It's such a neat thing. It's taken a life of its own. They even did it at Bonnaroo this year. Really? I don't know if you saw that, but they, I did had, not. they had Whiskey Jam at Bonnaroo. So on the Thursday night at Bonnaroo, they took like a Whiskey Jam set out there and they did a small little stage that was a Whiskey Jam stage at Bonnaroo. Really? So they're doing all kinds of cool things with it did now. Ward went to it and he yeah. went up and announced he everything was, like you he know was announcing wow. everything and and doing it so they're really thinking outside the box of how sure. to build that brand further yeah. for whiskey jam because um, now during CMA Fest they do the big outdoor whiskey jam stuff. Sure. So they do four, oh, yeah. they do four straight days um, uh, before Thursday. So it's like Sunday through Wednesday they yeah. do whiskey jam. But and they tie that into booking agents because I know that right. I, I went William out Morris for showcase. Yep. They have they have different stuff like that. I went but. out for the UTA one and uh, Jimmy Allen played and uh, I think um, Logan Myers played interesting really neat concept i had, he, he was out here ward was out here for um acms this year and came yeah. to the club and hung out shooting the shit with him and i was like you know i've always wanted to figure out a way to do that here and he's like we could do it here i'm like we can't do it here not the yeah. way you guys do it because right. i'd have to fly every artist out here it's just not like they're hanging right, out that yeah, sort of it's thing not, yeah it's not just like they're in town and right hey, you want to play whiskey jam like yeah yeah no. it would be an endeavor to do that yeah so the idea behind i love it i love his i love the the clothing i love the I love uh, his passion behind it. But just, just, I mean, you go back, like every artist that's huge today has played there, that yeah. sort of thing, which is really neat. And that's kind of like what we're, we try to mimic in that sense of we want to get you guys when you're, when you're affordable still. Right. You're still going to talk to me, that sort of thing, you know, <laughs> kind of like um, someone asked me not, not too long ago, if there's anyone I could ever interview, who would it be in the country music thing? And I said, I would like, like Reba McIntyre. I'm like, I have no interest in it. Yeah. I mean, she's probably got a great story, but you know what? A thousand people have already asked her about that great story. Right. My my, I like I like the youthfulness here, and um, 
I'm a college football fan. Um, I'm a huge college football fan. College basketball fan. I'm, you got a horrible team, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have never, never, I don't like USC and I don't like Ohio State. Never have. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I know why, but I just sit back. Oh, there's and I, a lot of people who don't like Ohio State. So dude, you're not alone pro- in that fact. The program's great. Yeah. Like, uh, minus the cheating shit. The program, <laughs> USC, I can't, I'd like, even when it translated into the Seahawks. And yeah. I can't, I just can't. I can't. And my cousin is the biggest Seahawks fan I ever met. I'm like, I just can't. I, I, I can't get past the fact that you, you take somebody's Heisman away because your own selfishness. That's. Right, because he's young. Right. Reggie was young. Yeah. He didn't really have an idea behind it. Yeah. But I'm just praying that Nebraska, with Scott Frost back at home, I'm just praying that we have an opportunity in the next couple of years to actually compete on a level and, you know, win eight to ten games a year. That'd be awesome. And I hope so too, because yeah. what you know, Nebraska is better. It's good for the conference. It's good yeah. for the Big Ten. Like you know, as much as I hate Michigan, I, I want them to be good. Sure. Because if if they're not good and we play them at the end of the year, that does nothing for Ohio State. It does so nothing. Right. I, I want Nebraska to be good. Yeah. You know, I need them to be good. I mean, Rutgers is never going to be good, but <laughs> not at that level. Not at that level. You're right. I always joke. People are like, yeah, they had to leave the Big Twelve. I'm like, yeah, they need a competition. But then I sit back. I'm like, we've sucked ever since, man. Yeah. So I mean, I I try. I try and say that. I try and say well, that. you know, at least they're in the in the western division so they have a chance yes you know, they can actually that win that division yes yeah they can actually win that division i mean the east is like just stacked yeah so i mean that's a tough division to win every single year you got penn state michigan ohio state michigan state and i mean yeah you guys got wisconsin and iowa but it's usually really just wisconsin wisconsin you're, you're pretty right. yeah. much competing with every single and that's year. only happened for the last i'd say five or six years where they've really right. like stepped up to be right and and wisconsin goes the way if they have a quarterback, they're going to be really good. Sure. If they don't, they're not. Everything else with Wisconsin is pretty much the same. Right. They're going to have a great running back who's going to run down your throat. Yep. And offense and defensive lines are going to be solid. Everything's going to be great. It, their their success hinges on whether they've got a quarterback who can just not screw things up. <laughs> Fair. Al- Alabama fan? No. Not at all. Not at all. I not mean, all. being an Ohio State fan, we just get so much crap because everyone tries to compare us to Alabama and, and, and the SEC. And, like... You know, obviously, we don't like the FCC being a, a Big Ten conference person sure. because, you know, I still feel like, yes, a lot of the years the SEC is a better conference, but lately, like last year, I didn't feel like the SEC was a better conference than the Big Ten. No? I, I feel like there's a couple teams at the top that are great, Clemson. but I feel like top to bottom, sure. oh, the Big Ten I was got... better yes. last year than the SEC, but the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt in the polls in the beginning, so it looks That's like, number hey, one. <laughs> hey you've, you've beaten all these teams that were ranked at one time, and they're like, oh, well, they got five losses, and then they say, oh, well, it's it's because they beat each other up. Right. But you it never really t- know. It is a tough one. I go back to even the college basketball. People are like, how the hell can you like North Carolina and Duke? It's like, when those two play, I always root for North Carolina. Yeah. But then I look I do at as it. well. I'm I can't root for Duke for some reason. Duke, well, UNLV played him back in the day, um, back when I was in school. So it was kind of like one of those things where I would look at, but I love both programs. Yeah. I look at all the programs, and man, dude, you, you think of the work and the time and the effort and the tradition that's involved with all of it. It's just, Absolutely. It's just crazy. It's, I went to a few Nebraska away games, and going to a home game is completely different. When you go to uh, an away game, it's pretty neat because Nebraska, like Ohio State, they travel so deep. Yes. They just travel. It's like every game is a home game. They do. I don't care where they play. I don't care if they're playing in Michigan, Ohio State. Well, still. there's nothing else to do in Nebraska except yeah. root for the Cornhuskers. So, <laughs> and eat and eat beef and eat and beef. eat beef. Well, there's there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I know. I actually have a tri tip at home on my Traeger right now, just waiting for me. Nice. I made. I got a Traeger. You know Tim Montana? Yeah. Tim's. So, I've, I've played some shows with him. Tim's a great guy. Dude. He is a firecracker. Uh, yeah. A sponsored by Traeger. I, I I called him two weeks ago. I'm like, bro, give me one of them codes. So he gave me a code. 
I went and bought a Traeger, got delivered Wednesday. I was in Reno, come back Wednesday night, get up early Thursday morning, 4th of July, yeah. put this thing together. Uh, my girl's brother came over and uh, seasoned the whole thing for me. First thing I cooked on there was a tri-tip. So freaking good last night. So really? good that I put another one on today. Oh, my gosh. Because we're going to the lake tomorrow, so I'm figure if I do this, we can eat a little bit tonight, cool it down, put on the meat slicer, make 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 homemade like roast beef sandwiches out of it. I need those triggers, man. Dude, call Tim. Call yeah, Tim. I definitely will. Dude, best thing. I mean, I love to grill. I bought a flat top. I got, like, my backyard is just, just like cooking heaven, but I never had a Traeger. Never, ever smoked before, ever. Yeah. But now I love it. You talk about someone who's mastered social media, dude. Like he, his his feed is the most interesting one that I see. That's on my dude. stuff of, of people that I follow. Right. He is the most interesting. He does so many different things that you're he like, does. and his how friends does he know these people are like. How is he with like Travis Pastrana? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, oh, he's just hanging out with Travis Pastrana today. It's like, how does he know all these people? How about it's Charlie Sheen? Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just the craziest stuff, you know, that I see on his on his social media and I mean he's he's, really he's he's put himself in a place where uh, uh, it's good people ask me all the time like if I'm gonna go to Toad's Tunes and listen to one thing who should I listen to first like I'm like my favorite one I've done so far is because it just went all over the place was, yeah. was Tim I already have a relationship with him as a as a person I got yeah. to get to know he's played here a few times I, I spent time at his house before uh, I watched him pass out standing up <laughs> I listen to his stories uh, I've heard some songs that aren't released and I think that's like when when you talk about your music like I'm excited to hear your recorded version of the song about your wife like yeah. like that sort of thing after you hear the story behind it and then you get to that song and you go back and listen to it a different way Austin Jinx is that way he has a song yeah. called um, um, If You'd Been Around his dad passed away at a young, young age I don't know my dad met him w- one time the first time I heard that song I was like what the fuck like you relate to things and i look at tim most of his songs are upbeat and you know i i am charlie sheen i am travis (laughs) pastrana but then you go back and you listen to his 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 interaction with a guy like dave Grohl and his story of how he met dave Grohl and how he hangs out with him and went to his 50th birthday and like the things that happened leading up to that you 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 sit back and go he's just an all-around good dude oh yeah and sure and he's super fun and uh, his old boy stuff that he's starting now is even even funnier. This um, he used to wear Stoney's hats all the time until he started that old boy shit. <laughs> so, and they played a prank on me. He sent two old boy hats here to me and Chris, the guy who owns the place. And I walk in Chris's office and there's one hat sitting there. I go, "What the fuck? Where's mine?" Like oh. that. And he goes, yeah, "I guess he only sent one." So they made me go a day and a half without telling me that they, that sent, they two. sent two hats. <laughs> so I sent a picture to Tim. I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, where's my hat?" He writes back and he goes, "You got 500 bucks because there's an old." story about 500 bucks that one of his sponsored paid us for borrowing a backline but yeah. anyway he's like you got 500 bucks i'm like fuck you dude that's rude <laughs> as fuck so a couple days go by i walk back in the office and chris throws me a hat and tim called right then and goes did you give him the fucking hat yet like <laughs> they play this joke but he's just a he's that way all the time man funny. yeah he's a funny guy man. and the way he writes and the things he people he's involved with and just that's what I, i'm just gonna go back to this genre is is the fucking greatest thing in the world it is speaking it is. of artists and stuff like that you could put together a show you need obviously yourself on it i want a band that's younger than you that you got your eye on someone that you've seen before someone that's maybe at the same level as you, you'd love yeah. to include on that and then give me someone that's going to sell tickets for you and then i want to know where it's going to be now does it have to be like doesn't have to be country doesn't have to be anything like well that. i just meant does it have to be a show where like you know it they the lineup would match no don't care i mean the idea of like so okay this lady with with all the money comes up to you and says i want to help all your right. career but just for shits and giggles here's 10 million where are you going to do the show who are you bringing on the show you know where's it going to be that whole thing 
Well, I would probably try and do it in Key West because I love that place. That's one of my favorite places in the world. I got married there. Right on. And I, I go there two or three times a year. Probably do it in Key, Key West or the Keys somewhere. On the beach? There. Yeah, cool. for sure. On the beach. Um, and then I would probably obviously have Kenny there. Yeah. I mean, that for me, just a, that would be the ultimate. If I opened for Kenny, I could just quit, pack it up, and right. and be done. Like, that would be it, right? Um, but I would have Kenny on it. And then there's this young guy who he sounds just like Chris Stapleton. And I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from Oklahoma, a guy named Lucas Ebert. Have not heard. I don't of know Lucas if you've Eber. heard of Lucas Eber. Nope. Look up Lucas Eber. If you, if you like Chris Stapleton's voice, which most people do, sure, <laughs> um, he sounds exactly like Chris Stapleton, which could be good for him and bad for him in the same um, thread. But he is uh, a great artist, um, great songwriter, e- even better songwriter. And now he does Revival in Nashville. He's he's done it so many times. But that's where I met him at Revival in Nashville. And then he put out his EP, and it was just like phenomenal EP. Okay, absolutely phenomenal. But. Um, that I would put him on that show, and uh, I don't know in, in the middle, you know, an artist in the middle that I like. I would have to say I would probably put um, probably put Jason Aldean on it as well. Nice. I, I love his ro- I love his rock and country, and they just put on such a great show, a rock show with Kenny and Jason Aldean on the same show. It would definitely be like a a crazy show. I've heard. I um um I went back for. Uh, ACM Awards, the um, the Honors Awards that they do at the Ryman, yeah. and um, Red Atkins got up and received an award, and he told this story. He said he, the first time he ever came to Nashville, he walked in a bar. There was two people in the bar: a guy playing guitar up on the stage, and the bartender. That's it. So he just walked in there and hung out, listened to the guy. And yeah. They started shooting the shit, and he was like, you know, I write music, I play whatever, like that kind of thing. And the guy handed him his guitar, and he, he goes, I want to hear some of your stuff. They played whatever, and gets up, and he's like, guy that was up there originally said, hey, if you ever come to town, dude, hit me up. That was fun. That sort of thing. Writes his name down. It was Kenny Chesney. Oh, wow. And he turned around and said that this favorite thing about that story is that today his son is out on a world tour with Kenny Chesney. And you just sit back and go, holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. Dude, it's full circle. And it just goes around to good people in this genre take care of other good people. And I think it's like the neatest full circle thing ever. I mean, music is rad. You're doing what you love. So, takeaway. You play with with, um, Kenny Chesney and you wash it up. Mm-hmm. what's like your, your your retirement is there a job that's something that you've always wanted to do something that that you think would be fun if like if you i always say that it, that when i retire or if i get to that level where i don't have to work i yeah. want to go work at like an applebee's or chili's and just be the, a fucking dick of a waiter because if someone walks up and everyone has a bad experience with a waiter I, I just would love to just turn around and be like go, go get it your fucking self like yeah not i don't want to do the job because i have to but because i want to that yeah. sort of thing i i honestly would probably be like a college football commentator. I, I ah. love sports so much, college football, I would do that. The only other thing that I'd really like to do is I'm, I really love real estate, which is kind of a off the wall, kind of funny thing. But I've, since I was a little kid, I used to make my mom like drive me around to the neighborhoods in Columbus where all the big houses were, your million dollar houses. And I would make her drive me by them just so I could see all the houses. Right. It's like I've always been interested in that and maybe like flipping houses, you know, turning houses, you know. Going and doing the work yeah. yourself? Going and doing the work myself and doing all that stuff. I've, I've worked and done that. My, my uncle owns a home building business. So uh, in college, a couple summers, I worked for him. So I can do a bunch of that stuff myself. And I think that'd be really fun to have a business doing that. Right. Or, or just doing it for fun and, and doing it like a flipping show, maybe, you right. know, where you do one of those shows where you flip. Those like, two brothers do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be really cool. It would be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick to the easy one. I don't like that labor shit, so I'll just <laughs> go with working at a restaurant. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, favorite song on radio today? 
Favorite song on radio? One Man Band, Old oh, Dominion. Great song. Um, I heard it like two weeks before it was on radio. They had just released it, and because I always check back just you know to kind of see if anyone's released anything. And I was on my way back from Nashville to Columbus to see my wife, and I heard that song, and I was just thinking about. It. I was like, such an amazing tune. My, it's just my life. Yeah. And like listening to that thing, you know, the way the imagery and everything that they have in that song it's just they have that line girl if i'm gonna be famous i want to be famous with you yeah i fucking love that line it's like from the little hank song <laughs> dude I, I love it dude I, I love it i yes. love that homage to that like kind of notion yeah it was really really cool i mean the whole concept of it um the analogy you know of music to the relationship right i think it's great one of one of uh um we have a listener out there that's pretty vocal that's that's rad that posted something about two three weeks ago um the radio station here in town said brand new music from um old dominion and it was one man band and he was like uh dude that song's been out for quite a while we've yeah. been we've been playing it about four or five months yeah um and i just sit back and go the that's the neatest part about where we are today with digital media is that right. if people want to seek out music it's there and they can and they can just not listen to your song on the radio but then they can turn around and go back and listen to what did he used to do or what else is on that album it's all for the most part right. it's, it's all there and my one of my favorite things to do is go back to where uh after i sit with an artist to listen to what they're doing today and see if i can go find some old shit and just see how they progressed because i like that kind of stuff that's why i think i like college sports so much is i like when they go out and it's the biggest play of the game and they make a mistake it's i love it. i don't care win lose or draw right. i mean for me they're human at the end of the day is the school kids are still going to support them because it's their school they're not going to get angry angry yeah. they'll be upset that day but at the end of the day next week they're going to come out and they're that guy's going to be up on that pedestal again and i think that's what i love so much about this industry too is you can go back and you can learn a lot about an artist a year ago two years ago three years ago some artists pull their shit which whatever can still find it i guess if you yeah. if you hunt hard enough but i mean that's 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 the fun of it all just to kind of see where they came from absolutely and just how the how the progression is in growth of writing performing anything like that and it's a living breathing thing man it is i mean it, it honestly like i listen to the songs that are on my that are out now you know on, on my spotify and everything and not that i don't like them but the stuff i'm writing now i'm like man this is way better than that stuff yeah like, you well, know what i mean i like i honestly i'm so excited to release it because it's like I want to show people how much I've grown and, sure. and where my music's at now. And so even just in two years, I feel like the stuff that I'm doing now is light years ahead of what we had before. Well, look where you're at now. You have a wife now. Yeah. You have a kid coming. Right. I mean, Inspiration. You've experienced some road life, you know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. It's kind of, I mean, I think that's the greatest thing about it is you get to tell your story and I don't care what anybody says. Country music gives you that ability to relate to what's going on. It does. I don't think there's another genre of music out there that gives you that. No, it does. And one thing I do that's crazy about writing is I... I have my notes on my iPhone and I just literally like I've got those drives back and forth from Columbus and Nashville. Right. I'll just if I come up with a word or a phrase or four lines, I write it on my notes. Sure. So when I go into my co writes, they're like, What do you want to write about? You got anything, man? And I'm like, Yeah, let me let me look down. And I have like <laughs> I have hundreds of titles. Right. I have hundreds of concepts. I have hundreds of things like that where I just if I think of something or write it, I put it in my notes. Even if I forget about it right then, I right. put it in my notes. I think you have to. I'll, I'll be in bed in the middle, like sleeping in my head. I'm, I, I know I have to send an email the next morning. Yeah. And in my head, I will literally, that whole that whole email go, if I don't get up and write it down, I forget the next morning. It's frustrating because I'm yeah. like, fuck, all I had to do was roll over. Right? <laughs> Stevie Moss told us a story about how he was um, hanging out with some chick. He had to leave, came back a year later, ran into the chick again. And he said he had to leave, so he said something to her, hey, man, I really got to go. And he said the girl responded with, um, she goes, something along the lines, I just, I just 
I just want nothing to do with you. And she looked at him and said, you take that however you need to take it. And he was like, what the fuck? How the f-? Wrote it down, you know, and he just sat back. And then he has a song out now, a single, it's called that. And it's like really neat to know the story of how that right. song came about, how his friend teased him about it and how this whole thing came about. And you sit back and go, man, that could be good or bad if you really think about it. I don't right. have nothing to do with you or I, I'm fine with nothing to do with you. Yeah. That sort of thing of we can just sit here and... But right. it was really neat, the analogy towards it. And I think that was one of those things he wrote down and just kind of stuck. His friends teased him about it, about the girl, the situation, and that's what she said. And then finally he wrote the song about yeah, it. you sit down and put that all together. I listened yeah. to the song. I was like, fuck, that's great. That's like, the, <laughs> fuck Stevie Montz, but that song is great. He has his own hashtag. <laughs> I have to preface that. Actually, follow it. But he went to, when he, whenever he plays here, we have a group of people that come out and they make t-shirts. And it's oh, hashtag awesome. fuck Stevie Montz. Oh, my gosh. So he walked that's into awesome. a place in Indiana, like, a week after he played here and walked in and pulls his phone out and the guys the people heard the interview saw some shit yeah. online and they were like fuck stevie moss and he was like i can't believe this i'm like hey at least they're talking it's about a movement you now. dude they're talking about it. it's all that <laughs> right. matters that's all that matters dude this has been fun yeah absolutely tell people how to find you on online uh league and official is our website that's got all of our tour dates on there you can follow us on bands in town and then at league Ant music with two t's so l-e-e-g-a-n-t-t music on uh twitter instagram and facebook sweet what's your favorite platform there Instagram, definitely, yeah. It, it's just quick, and and that's where I get the most fan interaction, honestly. Like, I kind of gravitate towards where my fans are and where they interact with me, so Crap. I would say Instagram. Awesome. All right, all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead, roll credits. Recorded by Toad, produced by Toad, booked by Toad, voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. <laughs>